America. It's time for the Patriotic Father Podcast, where America and fatherhood collide. Podcasting from the upstate of South Carolina, here is your host, Alex Chapman. America, it's time for the Patriotic Father Podcast. I am your host, Alex. Tonight, our special guest will be Lucas Rhodes, the man, the myth, the legend, who is my traveling bartender. So we'll be talking whiskey, be talking a little bit of firearms, and of course, talking about a little bit of fatherhood. So stay with us. We'll be right back. Lucas, you're here. Hey, man. Nice to have you. Yeah. Yeah. This is a big deal for me. It's like our third podcast here, so welcome. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm actually excited to be here, man. It's going to be fun. I'm loving the new set. Yeah, yeah. Just did all this. So took took about two weeks, so there was a little bit of a break there. But uh, obviously on the YouTube now, so we'll be... World, Mr. Worldwide soon. You know, that's that's the goal here. Always, so, always. Yeah, got all these panels done, which there'll be a whole tutorial on this later, but just the things I've learned in the past two weeks are just crazy, crazy. It's, it's a journey. It's a journey. No doubt. So, uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Just tell us a little bit about yourself. Lucas and I have been friends, gosh, Six, seven years now? I want to say longer than that. Guys, I, think, I think it's 2009, so 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Man, I feel old now. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Me too. Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, started out old uh, H.H. Craig, which is, you know, no longer. So. No longer. Yeah, we uh, we ran that place in the ground. We sure did. <laughs> we sure did. So, yeah, good times, though. Good times. Old retail. So, you have, uh, you have a one-year-old son married. Yeah. Yeah, so my son just turned one this past weekend. Happy birthday, my lovely little son. And, uh, yeah, married, uh, going on three years now, married. Nice. Uh, so nice. I'm uh, nothing exciting for the job-wise, though, but I'm a, I'm do, uh, I work in the water utility company. So okay, cool. I, I enjoy that. It's it's a lot of fun. I uh, get my hands a little dirty every now and then, but I don't mind it. So hey, It's all about dirty jobs, man. Those are sometimes those are the ones that pay off the most, you know? It just you got a America. pretty sweet schedule. I like it. I know, man. Hey, it just says America. If I work with my hands, that just means God bless it. That's right. <laughs> and that's what this show's all about, too, is all about America. So right. tonight's drink, by the way, gentlemen, and I guess ladies, if you're also listening, is McLeod Ultra. So we kept it simple tonight. It's a weeknight, so we can, we can do that. Yeah, we got to think about the kiddos and going to school and stuff and going to work <laughs> absolutely right so tell us a little bit about your firearm collection i'm just going to dive right into it man oh wow yeah how um, many firearm well i guess if you don't want the government to know you don't have to give an exact count 
You can um, give us a range if that's better. Uh, we'll we'll say uh, less than twenty. <laughs> less than twenty. Less so. than twenty. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll we'll say just just a little over ten. So <laughs> there's there's a good little range. But uh, yeah, so I I kind of collect it all. I've been collecting it over the years. And, and knives I, as well. Knives so a lot of weaponry. Well. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, you, you, Alex knows very well that I'm a, a big collector of all things weaponry, and uh, it, it kind of started early on for myself. So uh, I think I got my first gun. It was a pellet gun. I was probably five. I was five at the time. Um, so yeah, it, it was definitely uh, it was new. So it was and it was exciting. You know, it was that that boy rush of having your first firearm and. Uh, I got my my backside beat one too many times by old, <laughs> old grandparents. Uh, Who hasn't? Yeah. So uh, growing up on a farm and tearing up things with a pellet gun, it didn't go too well. So, <laughs> but well, you live and learn. Well, now you get an AR to just tear things up with. So what's the worst that could happen? Right. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. I mean, I just, just went saying. from being able to shoot ten yards to a hundred yards. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to kind of. Get into the subject of firearm safety. Obviously, you being a father, me being a father, we both have firearms. Right. Why do you think firearm, just in your personal opinion, why is firearm safety so important in the household with kids? Oh, man. It's, I mean, that's your livelihood. Those those youngins, they, you know, they change your whole world. And, um, yeah, I mean, you just, it's so important to protect the ones you love every single day. And I'm realizing that. I mean, my son just turned one, and he is getting into everything. He's got his hands on anything that's within arm's reach. And uh, it's it's become very, very obvious that uh, if you don't put it away, he's going to put his hands on it. So right. uh, I think that there's a large range of ways to be safe with the family. Um biggest thing probably, in my opinion, is going to be just knowledge and not hiding it. I mean, there there's an understanding that, of course, you know, there's an age that's too young. Currently, my son is way too young to understand that, yeah, that is going to hurt you. That right. is not safe. Mine you too. Know? Yeah. I mean, some sometimes you just you have to understand that, and that's being knowledgeable with the rest of the family and saying, listen, you know, always be mindful of what you got and where you have it. and You know, it's but it's just communication and knowledge. Right. Now – USA Today recently had an article, 73 children killed in accidental shootings in the household. That's surreal to me that that many people would not think about firearm safety in the house like that. What do you do specifically to keep your firearms? I mean, do you use one big safe? I mean, a lot of folks, you know, they keep them under the bed. I've seen, I've heard, I've seen, so... Yeah, um, right now I'm in the process of uh, actually upgrading my security, so to say. So okay, and that and that comes with the territory of having a son. You know, I've you know my wife and I have just been uh, the two of us. You know, prior to this last year, and she's a shooter too. And right? she's yeah. a shooter too. She loves her firearms, and I I looked that on that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brandy's first reaction would not be to grab a firearm. It would be like. Call nine one one. Yeah, or maybe she'd probably <laughs> just go straight to the door, like, "Oh, who's here?" And then, <laughs> "Hello, I'm here to rob you." Oh, 
Yeah. Uh, I think my wife would shoot first, ask questions later. So. That's, that's probably the way to do that. <laughs> that's that's actually the best way to do that. I had a uh, – actually, you know this guy, James, that used to work with us right. at H.H. Gregg. We got in this conversation one day about firearms in the household, and he had just moved in with his, uh, I guess, now wife, and they had a baby on the way, and he said, yeah, man. He said, I got this new pistol, went and bought it. And I said, all right, great, yeah, that's awesome. And he's like – well, my goal is to just kind of shoot him in the leg, like if someone breaks into my house. And I was just kind of taken back by that. I said, why would you shoot him in the leg? And he said, well, I don't want to kill him. That made no sense to me. No. Make no. no mistake about it. You break into my house, I have multiple firearms ready for you, and I won't miss, and I'm not going to stop just to hurt you. I think the best thing you can probably do is just go ahead and light him up like a Christmas tree. And here's a little legal tip for you, coming from a former paralegal. When that person's dead, there's only one version of the story. So think about that. Just saying. Just throwing that out on the universe. So Yeah, that's definitely the truth. And, uh, I, you know, it's, you know, <laughs> my wife would probably say if it was an animal, wound it. But we're not talking animals. We're talking uh, a person that has their own thoughts and feelings and that animal intention they had for getting in your house or coming at you in any reason, shape, or form, was to hurt you in general. And so right. if, if that's the case, if it's me or someone else, I'm going to win. I'm oh, absolutely. Away. Yeah, I'm going to walk away. <laughs> now, you also are a concealed weapons permit holder. Right. Let's talk a little bit. We took the class together, but for those who are thinking about taking a CWP class, what did you really learn? What did you take away from that, and what were the steps through that process? just kind of explain to the audience like what that was like yeah so the the process was pretty straightforward i mean nowadays especially everything can be done over the phone or online it's so easy just a click of a finger and you're signed up for a class uh, but i mean the knowledge that these guys have that teach these courses are just key because most of these most of these courses especially the one we took was from a former sheriff's deputy or right you know former law so enforcement yeah. former law enforcement in some way shape or form mm-hmm. and uh these guys do this training and they see things every day you know that we don't normally see and we don't think about and well, so they hear the stories and the stuff that come out of those classes are very eye-opening oh yeah definitely and it was interesting too the just the process of essentially we went to top shot here in spartanburg south carolina so guy by the name of David Blanton. David Blanton, yep. That's highly recommend that. Thirty five bucks. He does everything there. He will even provide lunch for you for an additional ten bucks, which was not a bad deal. And you go through the whole course and you do your you know, you go out, you do your shooting and then you come back for some classroom time. What was most interesting to me, I think, was how many people were there. So when we went about a year ago, there were 19 people in our class that particular Saturday in June. My mother just went with her friend, same guy. They had 42 people. Wow. 42. So the numbers are only going up. I think what I enjoy most about that is that people are at least taking the time to get the right, yeah, the proper training and the proper knowledge to carry a firearm. So I was very happy and pleased with that. Yeah, I mean, that's vital for any kind of firearms. It's just proper training. Everything boils down to that. You can research online as much as you want as far as it comes to guns and parts, and you'll probably be doing that for years and just still be lost. If you just 
hands-on training is always key in all of that. It, right. just, it helps everyone. Absolutely. Also, as far as your firearms, now your AR also, you're going to keep everything in one safe? Is that? Yeah, so actually currently right now, um, and it will probably stay this way, I'll probably upgrade how I keep it locked away and stuff, but I, I try to tend to keep something in almost every room in the house. Okay. That's kind of my rule of thumb because I never know what's going to happen. Asking, yeah. Right. So you never know when something's going to happen, and you never know. I used to work third shift, and when I worked third shift, that was my number one priority was making sure that there was a weapon within arm's reach of my wife while I was gone because if it's just her in that house alone, I, you know, I have a security system. I trust it. Simply, right. simply safe security system is great, hands down. But, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. You never know. There, there's some tricky people out there, and there's some people that, you know, just they, they're they good with words. But, you, and, <laughs> but you're keeping them in every room, but then you also keep at least, what, two or three on it at any given moment, as far as weapons in general, right? You always right. got a couple I've, knives on you. I've always got something on me. I've got three or four things on me right now. I've got four things on me right now. <laughs> so, yeah, I've always, I always have something on me. So, it, and that's just me. And I know my wife is not going to be like that. She's not going to carry on right. all the time. So Now, what are I, you finding to be the best place to carry? Like, I know we've had this discussion a couple times, but, like, right now, have you found kind of on the side? I mean, where are you? Well, I usually carry anywhere between the, the four or five clock position on me. So, okay. I, usually it's going to be on my – rear side uh just so and the reason being here's my thought process on this and some people had different thoughts on it you know alex you and i we're bigger guys that's right know? and so i've always found that appendix carry for me is very difficult mm-hmm. it, it prints real bad and i don't want people knowing what i've got that's you know? right i mean I, to me if i'm printing that just is a uh that's just a red flag to someone to say, hey, I'm going to take him out first. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> so I always usually carry about four or five o'clock position on myself. Um, and I, it, it's comfortable to me. And, it, and that's the key thing is every person's different. It's all about comfort. Right. Um, so I I do. Uh, but I also, like like I said, I carry more, more than one thing. So I actually have a Colonial Blade knife on my on my side as well so just just in front of my handgun and i carry in that position for myself my pistol because most of the time if you're out about someone's going to rob you they're going to what want your your wallet right what your wallet right. so i'm gonna reach back there like i'm going for my wallet and i'm gonna come back around with a 380 in your face <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that, that was just always my mindset on it and it and of course that also comes down to training proper training. I may actually throw my wallet before I reach for my gun, but at the same time, it's all about thinking through every scenario. Right. Now, what are you finding to be your best, uh, concealed carry right now? Uh, I currently carry a six hour P two thirty eight three eighty, and I carry two extra magazines. So I always have 20 rounds on me at all times. Okay. Um, all, all of them are loaded with uh, Horner Day uh, critical defense rounds. Okay. So that's that's been my go-to carry right now. Uh, I've been wanting to upgrade. I've been looking for a 9mm. So if anybody knows me and they have a 9mm <laughs> they're wanting to get rid of, please let me know. So, uh, but, yeah, so I, I've been looking for a new 9mm for a carry right now, and I'll probably transition the one I have now to a ankle carry. So Okay, cool. 
We're going to get right back. I just want to make sure that everybody understands four to five weapons on you. When you look at Lucas, you will not, not see that coming. So like you, you don't even realize half the time that he's got something. And even he is sometimes being caught up going into public places and realize, Oh yeah, completely. I got to unload all this artillery. So (laughs) we're going to be right back. We're going to get into talking about whiskeys, cocktail choices, things of that nature, and get in a little bit about planning a one-year-old's birthday party this weekend as Lucas is in the middle of it right now. So we will be right back. Are you in need of a haircut? Do you live in the upstate of South Carolina? Elmore's Barbershop. As for David Chapman, he will square you away with a gentleman's haircut. $10 cash. No cards accepted. Elmore's Barbershop, Main Street, Gaffney, South Carolina. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode tonight with Lucas. We have thoroughly enjoyed making it. If you have any questions or show suggestions, feel free to email me at alex at com. Thank you again for your support. Give us a like on Facebook. Find us on YouTube now. And also, if you feel real froggy, give us a rating on iTunes because it greatly helps the show. Thanks, and let's get back to it. And we're back. Whiskey, bourbon, America. America. Bacon, <laughs> all the things that make America great, really. Besides, you know, fast cars and hot women, which our wives won't let us, you know, bring inside the studio. So there's that. We'll just settle for whiskey. I can at least get drunk <sighs> and dream about so. it. Yes. <laughs> your favorite whiskey, period. Hands down, your your favorite go-to what is it? Well, Alex, you know that's a very loaded question. For I know it is. Extremely loaded. I know it is. Um, well, all right. So, now I have to take a drink and think about that one for a second. So, um, here, here's the deal. So, whiskeys, you know, are just my love. They are probably my second love. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I... Uh, so this is why you're my traveling bartender, see? Right. Because this right here. Right. You just I get mean, it. I, I've known I've known to show up to weddings with four or five flasks on me with different types of oh, whiskey and that bourbon. Was, and that was going to be rough without the whiskey. So yeah, well you, you know, can't. We, it's you hard at a dry wedding, man. It's, yeah, it's rough. You got a dry wedding. You got to plan accordingly. You know. Yeah, no so, doubt. Um, you know, and there's there's three categories when it comes to whiskeys. You know, you got your scotches, mm. you got your bourbons, and you okay. got your rye. And so, it, I have a favorite probably with each one. Um, so with scotches, you know, scotches are mainly made with water, yeast, and, um, barley, mainly. Mm-hmm. but what makes a scotch a scotch is that it has to be at least distilled for three years. Okay. And it only comes from Scotland. That's why it's scotch. 
So that's the neat thing about it. So if I had to pick a scotch that I love, it would be, of course, Johnny Walker Blue. Okay. That's not definitely my go-to for so scotch. So if you see an American scotch, it's not true scotch. Yeah, it's not true scotch. It only comes from Scotland. Gotcha. So there's there's no such thing as a scotch that's made in America. Um, now, as far as bourbon goes now, now bourbon, that is about as America as it comes. That's <sighs> Amen, good old brother. southern drink. Yeah, it is. So it's uh, mostly made in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's made with corn. So bourbon, all bourbons are mostly made with corn and in aged in oak barrels. Right. That's how they do that thing. And uh, my go-to right now with bourbon has been Blade and Key. Hmm. Uh, I'm sorry, that. Blade and Bow. Blade and Bow. And I, re- I I mix that up sometimes because here's it's based off what they call the five keys of Kentucky, which is the five major distilleries in Kentucky for bourbon. Okay. And so, but Blade and Bow has been my go-to right now. They're great Kentucky straight bourbon. Um, I, my wife got it for me at our last anniversary. Oh, it's, nice. It's been my go-to drink right now. And I've been, I've been really enjoying that. So, um, then. Do you know the five, what are the five key distillers? Do you oh, know? I don't know off the top of my head. I hate okay. to say that. No, um, that's fine. I was curious. I didn't know if you knew. Um, I want to say. You know, I don't want to tell a lie because I feel like it's a sacrilegious sin to tell a lie on bourbon. <laughs> I can get that. <laughs> so, but I, you know, Alex is being kind enough to look that up for us right now while we talk about it. But I'll keep talking and I'll talk about rye. So rye is the third one. And, uh, of course, it's made with rye. And rye it was actually the go-to staple drink of the colonial days. And what people don't know is that uh, some people don't realize is that George Washington owned the largest uh, rye distillery in America up until the Prohibition. What? Yeah. And it still, it almost did not survive the Prohibition, but it did. Um, It's made in Virginia at Mount Vernon. And so if you're ever interested, you want a good old staple of America, you can get a George Washington rye. Um, and yes, I promise you it's a true thing. It's a real thing. Um, and it's about as American as you get. I hear when you pour a glass, a bald eagle will fly overhead and the American, American <laughs> flag scream. will just come out. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I need to get a bald eagle in here to just scream to open up the show. That'd be awesome, wouldn't it? It would be. <laughs> right in here on the tank and then have a bald eagle scream as I get out. Yeah. I hate to say, you know, George Washington rye, though, is not my go-to rye. Um, Sazerac is. So I've always drank Sazerac rye. Um, I came onto it actually from a movie. So uh, Ryan Gosling, that was his go-to drink in Crazy Stupid Love. And he That's was a very manly movie you watched there, Lucas. It, it's, it's very, very manly. You know, <laughs> it, it is a, uh, a very manly statement of a, of a movie. But... Uh, I will say, though, that um, he was drinking Sazerac Old Fashions, and it changed my life. I had one myself, been making them ever since. Um, Definitely changes the way an old-fashioned tastes. So, the five keys, I cannot find. Google cannot find it. This will take more time. I will post it on the website because I'm now very curious. I, as far as scotch, I've only ever had scotch maybe once. Okay. It was in the country of South Korea. So I know for sure that it was not true scotch. 
it was at a very shady bar where American soldiers like to hang out and talk to Filipino women. <laughs> so that's the only time I've ever had it. Bourbon wise, I have a bottle of Blanton's downstairs. Very nice. I'm, Always beautiful, beautiful drink. Yeah, I love that bottle, man. Just the the craftsmanship in the bottle and just just sitting there so nice. I'm waiting for Lila to be born in August to open that. So I'm keeping it sealed till then. Buffalo Trace, obviously, is always a good go-to. And then I like Bullet Bourbon. I drink Bullet pretty good. I had a guy at work tell me about Bullet one time. And matter of fact, I just fin- we just finished off a bottle the other weekend of that. Uh, of course, you know, Jack and some whiskeys and stuff aren't bad. Uh, I like Crown Royal. Yeah, I mean, you know, of course, you know, Jack, Crown, you know, those are very staples. Jameson. Jameson. I do like Jameson. Jameson goes down pretty good. And Jameson's a, a fantastic Irish whis- whiskey. I mean, that's just a great drink. Um, you just can't go wrong with Jameson. So, I mean, you, there's a lot of staples out there, and there you can't go wrong with just about any of them. You know, you, you're going to get what you pay for, though. You're always going to get what you pay for. No doubt. So let's talk a little bit about uh, – now that we've talked about all this good drinking, now let's talk about a one-year-old's birthday party. Yeah. You talk about a stress. I never realized that a one-year-old would be so stressful. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, did you see how many? All right, so last year, my daughter, Quinn, turned one in July. There were 40 people invited to the party at my parents' house. They had a pool and everything. 40 effing people could not believe that many people were invited to a one-year-old's birthday party and majority showed up. I, I didn't realize the amount of details. Brandy had special cakes made or I'm sorry, special cookies. She had her cake, all these different things, special outfit. We had to match of course, because that's what, you know, basic white girls do. And this year I was like, look, we're going to take it easy because she's two, you know, we can't do this every year. You think that woman listened to me? Oh, not for not. a second. Of course not. It's a Moana theme party this year where Quinn will be dressed as Moana with her blonde hair. And it was initially going to be the greatest showman uh, where she was going to be dressed like a ringmaster, which I can relate to because sometimes I feel like I'm in a world full of clowns at a circus myself. <laughs> so it ended up Moana, and now she has a special cake coming. And a whole big to-do, I think Quinn's getting a big swing set. So it's going to be an event. Now, your son, Needlin, turning one. So how do you start, I guess? Say someone's out there and they're trying to figure out, all right, we got a one-year-old who's, or we have a baby about to turn one. This is the big one. It's the first one ever. Just accept the fact that you have zero control over any of the planning. None. Your wife is going to take full control. And uh, I've learned that hands-on very quickly. Now, you know, my wife, of course, she's going to tell me, I want you to be a part of the planning, and I want you to, you know, give me some opinions on stuff. And she does She does listen to my opinions, but uh, I think it's uh, a drop in the hat if one of my opinions falls through. So <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Brandy's the same way. So, but, I mean – you know, it's it's the gifts and the cakes and the desserts, and you have to have a separate cake for him and a separate cake for everyone else. That's and right. It, you know, now nowadays it's the smash cake. You 
know, the kid's got to have the smash cake. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, so my wife decided that we're going to be doing ice cream cake. Ice cream cake for a one-year-old. That's going to be hilarious. I promise you it's going to be hilarious. I don't doubt that for a minute. And I've seen my son with ice cream. My son, he is definitely half of my wife and I because he loves ice cream. We, my wife and I went to Landrum, South Carolina to do a little antique shopping for her. All these masculine things you do I in your know, free time, man. man. I know. Cause for a guy he, with 20 or less weapons, you spend a lot of time antiquing, huh? You know, I've got to be inconspicuous. I so, understand. They know, don't see you coming. They, I get it. They don't see me coming. That's okay, you know. But, you know, it... Every now and then, I'll get to get to let my masculinity come out, and I'll uh, I'll get to go shoot some firearms every now and then. So, <laughs> but yeah, so we're out, and uh, we got some milkshakes from a lovely downtown place down there. And uh, my son drank probably half of mine and half of my wife's in a sitting. And uh, we've come to realize that you have to be very careful because he has a sweet tooth. So. Uh, we are spoiling him with uh, ice cream cake, and I got a feeling he's going to devour every bit of it. And Alex, you've seen my son eat; he can eat. He can. I mean, for a, for a one year old, my wife has gotten into this baby led weaning. Never heard of it. Didn't know it was a thing. Apparently, it was something that was started overseas. That you know, basically said, you know, this whole thing of kids have to eat baby food and kids have to be careful about allergies and all that stuff is just BS. Threw it out the window and said, he's going to eat whatever we eat. And you know what? I was very, very skeptical on it. And now I think it's probably one of the best things we've ever done because my son, we don't make special meals for him. We don't have to you know, go special places. Uh, you know, I was skeptical. My wife, she was hands-on with it from the start, and she just killed it, knocked it out of the park. And, you know, I'm very grateful for all of her research and her hard work on that because, you know, now it makes today's stuff so much easier. Right. Being able to sit down and have a meal and not have to worry about special things for your child is very, very comforting and very relaxing. No doubt. I'm sure it is. There's there's enough stress in the household that you don't need to worry about extra things. So. Now, speaking of that, uh, something I like to ask fellow fathers, how do you deal with your stress of father? Because I think it's vastly underestimated that, you know, the guys are stressing too. Dads are out there. They, they got a lot on them as well. A lot of uh, blogs and a lot of research talks about the moms and, that's well and good, but I need the whole world to understand. Dads are out there stressing out too. Yeah, you know, I think I think fathers have to put a brave face on every single day, and that's that could be very hard. That could be really hard, you know, because you know you don't want your wife to know that you're stressing too, because that just puts more stress on them. And you, whenever you put more stress on your wife, that is just a that's just asking for a world of headache, you know. No doubt. So. um I think, you know, spending time with people and talking to people definitely helps a lot. You know, I've spent many an evening drinking and talking to you about some things, mm-hmm. just kind of venting. But, um, <laughs> you know. But you got a gym routine, right? I mean, right. there are there are things you do make time for, right? Right, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, 
people don't realize sometimes that exercise is a huge stress reliever. You know, when you're able to go somewhere and just sweat it out, it helps. Now, granted, there's plenty of activities that you can do to sweat it out, but <laughs> there are. I can <laughs> and, think of a couple. Yeah, you know, in the the gym may not be my go to every single time, but it is nice to have that routine and that schedule every now and then. So I I do enjoy it, and um, it 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 doesn't it doesn't hurt anything else either to look good so <laughs> no no it doesn't it only helps you in life really now you also go to the shooting range things like that that's kind of your your other hobby right you right spend a lot of time at the range right yeah so of course a lot of time at the range I, I put a lot of range time in and you know it, it's not only for again back to training and back to you know proper hand technique and eye coordination and everything as far as it comes with guns but you know it helps you stay on top of that safety stay on top of that you know maintenance and you know everything that comes with proper firearm care and you know household care right so uh, you know but at the same time you know it's a huge stress relief when you go out there and you shoot a couple rounds off and you feel that gun recoil in your hand it can uh, it can definitely shake something loose in you so i don't doubt that a bit well, we're going to wind it down a little bit here. What advice would you have for a fellow father who's coming up on his first birthday with his son or daughter? What's something special that you do with Neilan that is your time with Neilan? What's what's your special moments you get with Neilan? Oh, man. You know, that's... That's hard because I, I really try to value every moment with my son. Um, but is there like a special activity? Like I feel like sometimes mamas come in, you know, and they, they tend to just kind of take control of the situation with the kiddos. Right. And so what I've been able to do is I carve out my time with Quinn as her bath time. That's where I get my one-on-one time, me talking to her. If I mean, obviously I'm talking to her throughout the day and things when I get home, but – that's my time. So I was just curious, do you have like something you know that you're doing that maybe Aaron's not doing that you know is kind of your special you have a special moment with Neil? Well, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna sound funny, but um actually, you know, I think <laughs> diaper change time, honestly. I you know, I, I actually enjoy doing that and it's it's funny because most people think, you know, oh changing a diaper, that's just the most disgusting thing and you just you have to handle all that nastiness and no i mean that's just a moment for me and my son i'm there spending time goofing off with him and making him laugh while i'm just doing the thing you know taking care of him and but you know it's just me and him you know and sometimes you know right usually in our bath routine so my wife will give him a bath and right after bath routine that's that's my time i i put a put a clean diaper on him we'll sit down and we'll read a nice book and we'll uh, we'll spend some time together and talk and um so probably diaper times and right after baths is definitely my time and you know you got to cherish those things because you know you need to have your time it's important for a mother to bond with her child and absolutely have, and have those moments you know and but they get so many moments and mm-hmm. fathers don't realize that you know it's important but 
definitely take the time out and have your time with your son too, or your daughter as well. And I would even say, have your wife or significant other take pictures of you with your child, because a lot of times mom gets, again, dad's think to capture moms with those moments. Like I got a ton of pictures of, you know, Brandy reading to Quinn and things like that, but there's not a ton unless I take them with Quinn. Sometimes Brandy will get one snapped in there, but it it definitely needs to be, you need to have, dads need those moments of reassurance too. A lot of times rest, just kind of step in, kill the spiders, you know, construct things, you know, be somewhat of a provider and, and a builder of things. But you also need to kind of be in there and have your quiet time, have your moments with the kiddos too. So oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it all comes full circle and it's, it's nice to know and nice to have. So, um, but Definitely, yeah, just cherish those times and uh, definitely just be there. Just being there all the time, it's uh, it's key. It, it is wonderful. Well, guys, that's all we got for tonight. A uh, little reading assignment for you. Next week's guest will be a gentleman named Brig Berthold. He is the author of the book Sidekick. It's a pregnancy guide for dudes. So in relation to what we're talking about tonight, he is a uh, army vet who has recently published a book. You can find it on Amazon, and I'm sure there's some other outlets, but it is called Sidekick. I highly recommend if you were a new parent or maybe you just found out she's pregnant and you're trying to figure out what to do next. It is a very good resource. It gives you a lot of good tips, even walks you through a little bit of postpartum uh, with the wife there or significant other, the mama, and I highly recommend that. So thank you again for listening to the show, and until next time, stay frosty.